This is a podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Trenton, Michigan, a gospel-centered community seeking to glorify God by making, maturing, and multiplying disciples. For more information, check out fpchurch.tv. Our scripture reading this morning comes from Luke chapter 13, verses 10 through 17. Luke chapter 13, verses 10 through 17. Luke writes this, Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a disabling spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not fully straighten herself. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, you are freed from your disability. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight. And she glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, said to the people, There are six days in which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. Then the Lord answered him, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to water? And ought not this woman... A daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 years, be loose from this bond on the Sabbath day? As he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame, and all the people rejoiced at all the glorious things that were done by him. Good morning, First Prez. It's a joy to be with you, and... Um, just want to take a moment before we dive in to pray, so if you'll join me as we look to the Lord. Our Heavenly Father, we do come before you, and Lord, we are thankful for your compassion and grace. We're thankful for your mercy. We're thankful, Lord, for your love. We recognize how dependent we are upon you, even for the very air we breathe. And God, you've cared for us in so many ways. This morning, as we're reminded of Mother's Day, we're thankful for mothers, we're thankful, Lord, for the way in which you have given others to care for us when we were younger. And yet, Lord, I'm also mindful that for some, Mother's Day is a hard day. And Lord, I pray that you would minister to those who've lost loved ones, specifically mothers, this day. I pray, Lord, for those who maybe in their growing up years didn't have the best experience with their mom. I pray that you would minister to them, each and every one. Help us as a church to always be mindful, Lord, of the, the need of those around us. Help us to be mindful of the grace we ourselves have been given and that we may extend that grace and love to others. Thank you, Lord, for the church and the way in which we can pour into each other's lives. Thank you that we can be older brothers and older sisters we can pull others aside and help them walk. And Lord, I pray that we would be faithful in doing that as you have been so gracious in caring for us. Lord, I pray that you would minister to us through your word this morning. I pray that you would help our eyes to be fixed upon you. That as we read the text of scripture, that we would be given a fuller image of who you are and all that you provide. That our hearts would be more in love with you today than they were yesterday, that we would be set and fixed 
to live for you and your glory alone. Lord, I pray for my words that I would not say anything more nor less than you've given me to say. But God, I pray that I would be faithful to your word this morning as the preacher. I pray for those who are gathered here that you would give them ears to hear, hearts to receive. And God, as we pray each and every week, we pray that we would leave this place changed, strengthened, encouraged, and made more in the image of your beloved Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Friends, the truth of the matter is we live in a world that is starved of compassion and kindness. There's a story of an elderly woman by the name of Mary Lou. Mary Lou would always go to the same grocery store on the same day each week. She would stand in the same line so that she could be waited on by the same clerk. It just so happened that one of her visits to the store fell upon a very busy shopping day right before a holiday. A woman standing in line with Mary Lou noticed that she just had two or three items in her basket and pointed out that there was no need to stand in such a long line, but that Mary Lou could simply go over to the self-checkout and get through the store much quicker. To which Mary Lou replied, but the machines won't ask me about my arthritis and bunions. I want you to think about that for a moment as you hear Mary Lou's reply. The machines won't ask me about my arthritis and my bunions. What did Mary Lou crave? What did she desire? Interaction, compassion, kindness. How many people in the spheres that we walk in and operate in are seeking that same compassion and kindness? The truth be told, people are hungry for compassion. And it's no more true today than it was when Jesus was upon the face of this earth some 2,000 years ago. In our text, just a few verses actually tell of Jesus' story of compassion, his care, his love. The text describes that Jesus was teaching at the synagogue on a Sabbath. According to verse 11, and look at your text if you would, at your Bibles, in verse 11 it says, And behold, there was a woman who had a disabling spirit for 18 years, and she was bent over. And could not fully straighten herself. Can you imagine this woman's life? Could you imagine her challenges just to do the things that we do so easily every day? The difficulty making her food. The struggle carrying her water. The inability to actually make eye contact when she's talking to someone. To see their facial expressions. Because of the contortion of her back, she was unable to do these things easily. And yet, according to our text, there she was in the synagogue on the Sabbath. It absolutely blows me away to think that this woman, in her contorted way, made her way to the synagogue. She probably did this regularly every Sabbath and was there, present. Overlooked in her society as a woman, especially viewed as a handicapped woman. And yet there she was in the synagogue, 
there to hear Jesus teach. Probably just like she was every week. Jesus mentions her in verse 16 by calling her a daughter of Abraham. Friends, that's an interesting language or term that, they, that Jesus uses about this woman, a daughter of Abraham. He's not just simply saying she's Jewish, for everyone in that synagogue was Jewish. He's actually pointing out that she had the faith of Abraham. She believed as Abraham. And through those 18 years, that dear woman was bound by Satan, according to our text, into a position in which she was hunched over and unable to straighten her back. Theologian Philip Ryken makes a point. He says, understand the woman was not possessed, for she was a child of God, but she did experience physical trouble from a spiritual attack. How many of the attacks our loved ones have experienced have been spiritual, but manifest themselves physically? How many individuals in our life do we see that are struggling just to stand up straight? How many wish to be noticed, but are ignored? Friends, I want you to look at verse 12, what occurs here because what occurs here is absolutely precious. In verse 12 it says, when Jesus saw her, don't miss those words, when Jesus saw her, he called her. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, woman, you are freed from your disability. And it says he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight. He saw her. How often those who are struggling for compassion or kindness in their life feel ignored by society. The world just passes them by, actually going out of the way to avoid them. But not Jesus. There in the midst of that crowd that was gathered in that synagogue on that Sabbath, Jesus saw her. How precious are those words to be noticed by the eye of God. That Jesus would take notice of those who suffer. But he didn't just simply look at her and smile. It says in the text that Jesus actually called her over to him. As you think about her contorted body, you think, well, that's kind of rude. Why didn't he just go over to her? But Jesus did want to draw attention to this woman because everyone else seemed to ignore her. And so Jesus called her to him. And she came. You can imagine the commotion. You can imagine the awe. You can imagine people's faces and expressions as she got up with her contorted body and made her way over to Jesus. And after calling her, Jesus proclaimed good news over her. Friends, how sweet and beautiful. 
That this individual who is ignored by society is seen by Jesus and spoken to by Jesus with these words. Jesus proclaimed the good news to her saying, woman, he's not yelling, he's speaking gently here. Woman, you are freed from your disability. What beautiful language What that must have sounded to her. That this, this healer, this, this so-called Messiah, the one whom everyone was gathered to see, was speaking to her. And what did he pronounce? But good news. You're freed. You're freed from your disability. Friend, Satan had attacked this woman, bound her, hunched her over for 18 years. But Jesus made it clear Satan would not steal her soul. Satan would not rob her any longer of her joy. Seeing her, Jesus called to her, and Jesus speaks the gospel of hope to her. And Jesus lays his hands on her, according to verse 13. And what happens? Immediately she's straight. Something she's been unable to do for nearly 20 years. She looks at him eye to eye. She sees him. Friends, what an amazing story. What a story of compassion and love and grace and mercy, one each and every one of us would want to receive. And this is what Jesus does for this woman neglected by society. Friends, according to the book of Isaiah, that's exactly what Jesus came to do, to make the crooked straight. We see that physically here as Jesus is ministering to this woman. Our own creeds begin to teach us a lot regarding this event. Specifically, as we look at what is known as the larger catechism, as it helps explain what really took place, as it says this, without the saving grace of Christ, this isn't what it says, we're utterly indisposed, we're disabled, we're made opposite unto all that is spiritually good. Without Christ, we're in trouble. Each and every one of us needs the compassion of God. But because of Jesus, We're filled with hope. We're filled with joy. We experience grace and the sweet compassion that only Jesus can provide. That's the point of the cross. That's the meaning of Jesus taking on human flesh and entering this world to bring grace and compassion and forgiveness to those who so desperately need it. And understand that Jesus came to change everything. Jesus didn't come to just give an example of the way in which we're to live. Jesus came to actually physically change everything. Jesus came to set the crooked straight. Jesus came to defeat sin. Jesus came to defeat death. Jesus came to defeat the devil. Truth of the matter be that when he did this, he was looking forward to what he would do on that cross. The power for Jesus to do this, yes, he was the eternal God. He was creator of the world. But 
in claiming the kingdom of darkness, he ultimately was showing his strength, his might, his willingness to go to battle for us. Which is exactly what Jesus was preparing to do as Good Friday was quickly approaching upon him when he performed this miracle. This woman was looking forward to what Christ would ultimately do for all of us, just as Abraham had. We look back at what Jesus has already done. We are a blessed people to be able to see the compassion of Christ every day on the cross. The crosses we wear, the crosses in our church, the crosses all around us remind us of the compassion of God for sinners such as us. Those who are crooked, he's made straight. Everywhere we look in Christianity, we see the victory Christ won. That's why John chapter 8 says, So if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. That's the belief of every Christian. If the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. Just as this woman who was hunched over was now made straight, so are we. And what's the most appropriate response of this woman and all who've experienced the grace of God? Verse 13 tells us she glorified God. Friends, the only appropriate response to the good news of the gospel is to praise Jesus. The only appropriate response to salvation is to sing the praises of God for salvation from beginning to end is fully the grace of God. None of us have earned it. That's why we don't want Jesus just to be an example. If all Jesus was was an example to follow, we would be a people most miserable, for we couldn't keep up. The hunched overness of our sin would hold us back. We could never follow Jesus to his place of holiness and righteousness and joy. But Jesus didn't come to just simply be an example. Jesus actually came to set the crooked straight to pick us up, to heal us, to save us. That's the good news. And the only appropriate response is joy. Praise to Jesus. Church, I ask you, have you personally tasted the sweetness of the joy of being seen and saved by Jesus? Have you personally tasted the sweetness and the joy of being seen and saved by Christ? Do you know that he sees you and he loves you and he came to die for you? Do you understand the sweetness and the joy that should be in you because of that? The woman did. Unfortunately, there were others there in the synagogue who didn't. We're told of the reaction of one of the rulers. He was, according to verse 14, indignant. He was angry. He was furious at, at the healing of this woman on a Sabbath day. Why? Why couldn't he rejoice with her? Why couldn't he celebrate God's work in her? I'll tell you why. The ruler was probably mad this was happening at the synagogue because it ruined his reputation. It ruined his reputation. Friends, I want you to think about that. 
the healing of this woman on the Sabbath ruled, ruined his reputation. Why, you say? Well, when he gathered with all the other rulers and they talked about the events of everything that took place in the synagogue, his synagogue would be viewed as not taking the law serious. Look at what he says in verse 14. He actually says this not to Jesus, but to the crowd. He says, there's six days in which you work ought to be done. Come on those days and be healed, not on the Sabbath. What is he saying? What's he doing? He's screaming out. You're not following the rules. You're not doing what what you're supposed to do, that we expect you to do here in this synagogue. You're going to make me look bad. And so he's indignant. Friends, he's not alone. Back in Luke chapter 6, when Jesus was in Nazareth, Jesus healed a man with a withered hand in a synagogue on the Sabbath. And there Jesus was attacked as well. But there we read, Jesus asked this question. He says, is it lawful to do good or to do harm? Is it lawful to save life or to take it? That's the question. Friends, the truth is sometimes we're more concerned with our reputations with religious folk than we are to show compassion on the hurting people all around us. In Luke's account, this would be the last time Jesus would preach in the synagogue. And the religious leaders were probably pretty happy about that. They didn't want Jesus around to push against their systems and structures. And if we're honest, oftentimes we don't want God's word around to push against ours. As you read this story, you can't help but notice the contrast between the ruler who was indignant and the woman who glorified See, the ruler who was indignant didn't see the importance or the urgency of this woman's healing. To him, this woman had been in that shape for 18 years. What difference did it make now? What was a few more days? Why did you have to do it on the Sabbath in my synagogue? But for the woman who glorified, she knew the importance. She understood the urgency of the healing. She celebrated the power of the gospel in her life. The question is, do we? Do we see the least and the lost and the lonely? Do we desire them to be in our place of worship, alongside us, next to us? Or do we find ourselves more annoyed that they're going against our systems and our rules and our structures. They're not playing by our way of doing things. The truth is, church, every one of us must ask that question, who am I in this story? Jesus makes it clear who we should be. In verses 15 and 16, we see Jesus' response to this indignant ruler. I want you to draw your attention to verse 15 where it says, The Lord answered him, You hypocrites. 
Very interesting. It says the Lord answered him, but then he answers in the plural when he says hypocrites, meaning that this man wasn't the only hypocrite in the room. The synagogue was filled with hypocrites. In verse 15, he goes on to say, Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or donkey from the manger and lead it away to be watered? Ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, who's been bound for 18 years, be loosed from the bonds of the Satan on the Sabbath day? Shouldn't this occur? Shouldn't she be healed? You care more about your animals than you do about a daughter of Abraham, he says. You show more compassion to a donkey than a child of God. Friends, how each of us must take correction here. For each of us struggles with compassion. We all do. If we're honest with ourselves, each one of us has the tendency to discriminate. We discriminate between people we think deserve our help and those who don't. We must be on guard and remember that grace of God that we have been shown and understand that we should show that same grace to others. Friends, as we think about that compassion, there's no better example than mom's. I understand not everybody's had a perfect experience with your mom, but just historically looking at moms, when children get wounded, where do they run? To mom. Kiss it, make it better. Hold me. Help me. God has given us a daily example, and maybe not in our upbringing, but at least to look around and see that mothers by nature are compassionate. But where do they get this from? It's made in the image of God. This compassion comes from God. But what makes it even more special coming from Christ is that Christ loves his enemy. Christ went to the cross for sinners, not the righteous. Christ showed compassion upon the wicked. Friends, how much more should we show compassion if we've been touched by the hand of God? It says the people responded as did his adversaries. In verse 17, we're told all those adversaries were put to shame. You can more or less see them hang their heads feeling low, feel, feeling like they've been corrected publicly and embarrassed. But how much they needed to be corrected. As they confused what Christianity, what, what ultimately the, the love of God was really all about. It's not about rules. It's about Christ. His rebuke hit home they hung their heads. They were confounded by their sin. But we see that all the people around there rejoice. The people in that synagogue grew up in a caste system where ultimately you were placed where you were because of who your parents were. 
Many did not ever experience compassion. They lived in a society where it seemed almost compassionless. And here was one who entered into the synagogue and actually talked about God in a different way. Rather than rules and regulations, he gave grace and forgiveness and offered salvation. How should the people respond? But they cheered. They celebrated. Friends, compassion is good news. It's especially good news to weary souls like ours. In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus said, Come unto me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. He said, Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, and I, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. The importance of compassion, gentleness, love. Friends, the gentleness of our Savior stands in contrast to the neglect of our culture. How should the church respond? But by imitating the very grace we have been given. So I ask you, do you know the grace of God? Have you tasted it? Have you experienced it? Is that grace that you've received flowing through you to others? It needs to be. It's expected to be. See, church, we live in a fallen world filled with pain and suffering. People are hungry for compassion. Just like Mary Lou at the beginning of the story who's willing to wait through a long line with just a few items just so she can have someone ask, how are you? Friends, Jesus has come and he sees our pain And he's called us to him, and he's told us that he will heal us from the greatest affliction we've ever faced, sin and death and the devil. And as his church, we're called to see the needs of others. We're called to call them to the grace we ourselves have received. The question is, are we? Are we sharing compassion as we have received compassion. Remember what the master said to his servant. He said, go to the highways and the byways. Compel. Notice that word, compel the people to come in so that my house will be full. Go to the highways and the byways and compel. Compel them to come in. Then my house will be full. It's not simply enough to know the truth and say, well, if they knew it, if they just believed it, if they just read their Bibles, if they just come to church, if they just, if they just. Jesus calls us to be his witnesses. Jesus calls us to show compassion. For he's called us to love our neighbor as he himself has loved his. Friends, we only truly love God when we love our neighbor. 
May the compassion of Christ compel us to share that same compassion with others. Let's pray. Father, I do thank you for a reminder in Scripture that we need to be compassionate. For we ourselves want compassion. We hunger, we thirst for it. And so does our culture. People, our neighbors, our our family members that we even, some of us, have dinner with today. Help us to listen with attentive ears. Help us to feel their pain and to point them to Christ where we ourselves have found joy. God, may we truly see those you've placed around us and may we call them to come in and know you. We pray these things in Jesus' name and God's people said. This has been a podcast of First Presbyterian Church in Trenton, Michigan. For more information, please visit us online at fpchurch.tv.